Hi, everybody. This is Jill Garvin, the Director of Psychological Health for the 102nd Intelligence Wing. Welcome to our wellness podcast, where we have different guests and topics to help you with different resources and um, hopefully um, to build resilience and and to uh, build connection here at the 102nd. And we've been having uh, some different guests and, and again, some different, some different topics over, over the last several of months. And today I have Dr. Jenny D. Olympia with us. She um, is the Assistant Chair of Counseling and Behavioral Health Department, the Interim Director of Military Veteran Psychology and Train Vets to Treat Vets program, and Director, Master of Arts in Psychology program at William James College. She sounds just a little busy. Um, I'm going to have her talk a little bit about who she is and what she does there and how she's involved with the 102nd. And we are going to talk a little bit about Suicide Prevention Month, relationships, and how we're partnering with with her and and the William James College. So welcome, Jenny. Thank you so much for coming on with us today. Thanks, thanks so much for having me. Yeah. So um, yeah, tell us. Uh, well, first of all, how did you get involved with the One Hundred Second? You've got some connections well, here. Yes, definitely. Well, my husband um, Morgan D. Olympia has been part of the One Hundred Second for about ten years now. So mm-hmm. that was my first connection. I would say. Absolutely. And I know you've done some other projects with us as well. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Oh, yeah, sure. So for the past um, three or four years, we've been, um, I've been bringing some students to your uh, family day. And um, we've been making Halloween bags, um, doing a little craft with the kids and um, giving them books and coloring books and crayons and information about mental health resources at the state, federal, and local level as well. Yeah. And then tell me about your background. I know that you also have a military background, so we'd love to hear about that. I do. Um, I spent um, nine years in the Air Force, five active and four reserve. Mm -hmm. I have a few deployments. One of them was my honeymoon. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) Wow. Yeah, very exciting. Um, and I, so I was, I did um, intelligence with the um, special ops. And then I taught um, a class at the Air Force Special Operations School. And then I spent seven years working at the, um, for the VA with returning veterans and their families um, in the transition, um, primarily focusing on our returning um, OEF and OIF veterans and their families. Um, but then, um, I went back to school and I earned my doctorate and now I work in our, um, military veteran psychology program at William James college where I teach, um, I teach a few of our courses. One of them is about trauma. One of them is about the, um, military family deployment life cycle. That's so interesting. How did you know, how did you become interested in that? How did you know that you wanted to go into the mental health field? Well, I would say like my first deployment, I knew that I was going to spend my four years active service and that I needed to start planning on what I was going to be doing next. 
Um, so I looked at all the schools in the area around me and I, I had my original school degree was in, um, education. So I started looking at the possibility of guidance counseling and the mental health track looked a little more difficult. So I decided to give that a try, um, cause I'm not one to take the easy road. So, um, that seemed like the right choice. And then I started getting involved in internships and practicums and I found it to be a really, um, important, um, mission. And so from there, I, um, I earned my master's while I was still on active duty. And then when we, um, made our PCS move up, up to New England, um, I found the job at the vet center and I thought for sure there would be tons of people applying for that job and there would be no way I'd get it because it seemed like a dream position to me, Mm -hmm. but there weren't very many people who applied who had a military background and a background in psychology. So, um, I did get the position and, um, from there I just found that it was a very, um, important mission to be able to continue to be involved with, um, uh, military and veteran population. And I continued to find a way to do that even as a student and then now as faculty. What a skill set, because since I've been here over the last seven plus years, I've had several service members that are looking into, you know, going back to school or continuing their education that have become interested in psychology and, and mental health and have just wanted to talk to me about um, that field. And I have said to them, you know, just having that skill set of, of having a military background and getting into mental health, you know, is such a, a benefit because I don't have a military background. And just to be able to to bring that to someone, you know, that is seeking out help is, is just, yeah, such a, a great benefit to be able to offer someone, you know, that, that kind of um, expertise and, and comfort. So that's awesome. And so I would love to also hear a little bit about William James and do they actually have what kind of programs do they have? What is William James College? Well, William James College is a professional um, uh, school of psychology. We have um, we actually um, work with people who have their associates that to earn their bachelor's in psychology. Um, people can also earn a master's um, in psychology online or um, a clinical mental health counseling degree as well. That we have that online and we have that in person. And we also have a um, a clinical psychology degree as well that leads to a license. And then we also have some other degrees in um, leadership and coaching, executive coaching, and as well as um, in school psychology and in the field of ABA. But specific to veterans, we have three um, well three basic programs. Um, at William James College. One of them is the Military Veteran Psychology Program. And in that program, we train individuals who are interested in working with the military veteran and veteran population and their families. Um, And basically, um, we just have some additional coursework um, that gives them some exposure to um, materials related to military and veterans. Um, our, our faculty who teach in that particular specialization are veterans. I'm one of them. 
Um, and I have, um, I've been in the mental health field since, um, 2002. So almost eight year, 18 years I've been in the field. And of that, I've worked with military, um, most of that time. Um, and an additional thing that we offer, um, our students is a, something we call the military veteran community. Um, and basically it's a, um, a way to bring together our military and veteran students, even if they don't want to work with military and veteran population when they get, when they, when they reach graduation, um, we just, we bring them together to support each other. We bring in, um, different support structures in the area. Um, let's see, last week we had someone come in from a program called Frost Call um, and he told the veterans about um, is a gaming platform that he has to bring veterans um, together to connect. Um, right now in the COVID times, they're connecting online, but before he would bring out video games uh, and connect veterans to give them, you know, just a sense of, of brotherhood and sisterhood, um, you know, because once you get out of the service, it can be a lot harder to connect, especially in the New England area where we don't have a lot of um, you know, like military like towns. Right. Um, and the last thing that we have at William James College is we do have a grant from um, from the state, uh, the Department of Veterans Services, and they it's the veteran the program is called the Train Vets to Treat Vets program, and that program uh, focuses on developing the skills of our military and veteran population so that. Um, when they leave, they could be potentially in a leadership goal um, in the field because our military and veteran students already come to the table with significant leadership skills um, and skills that are, um, you know, students who have been just sort of in a, a school pipeline, they wouldn't ordinarily have those kind of skills. So we want to make sure that we help them maximize their potential. Um, so we try to help them build, like, skills in research, our skills in presentation, skills in outreach. Um, and we just try to make sure that they feel as supported as possible as they go through the process. Wow, that's a lot. <laughs> that's amazing. And if somebody wanted more information or wanted to get involved, uh, how would they, where would they, they look? Could. Well, they could look at um, William James College um, website. That's, I think it's williamjames.edu. Mm -hmm. um, but they could also just send me an email. Um, and, or, yeah, they could send me an email. It's jenny.dolympia um, at williamjames.edu. It's J-E-N-N-Y, oh, sorry, underscore D-O-L-Y-M-P-I-A at williamjames.edu. They could just send me an email, and I'd be happy to set up a Zoom meeting to meet with them face-to-face -face and discuss the process and, um, you know, what kinds of things we're looking for and help them sort of guide them through the process. Wonderful. I'd be happy to do that. And we'll, we'll post that as well on our social media, your contact oh, great. information. That's awesome. Thank you. That is sure. wonderful, wonderful information. And then we were going to talk a little bit about, you know, it, it's Suicide Prevention Month, I yeah. hopefully uh, we do that all year around. Um, we try to offer resources and tools here at the 102nd, um, you know, to, to our members 
to you know help identify risk factors to let people know that they're not alone, what their resources are, um, that they have resources here at the wing, that they have resources out in the community. And I have definitely noticed, especially since COVID, that people are a lot more stressed out lately. Um, have you have you noticed that too? Yeah, I think that um, with the current situation and the global pandemic, that people are a lot more isolated. Mm -hmm. And I think that makes it harder for them to connect and, and the availability of just, you know, bumping into somebody in the hallway or, and, you know, running into somebody even at the grocery store is not something that we do now mm -hmm. because, um, you know, pretty much those kind of activities are merely prohibited. Right. So I think we have to be very intentional in our connections now. And so I think people need to be aware that if they're intentional in their connections, they'll be able to connect more frequently and better. Yeah, intentional and creative, right? Because yeah. our, we can't connect in some of the same ways that we were able to before. And we are a lot more... Um, isolated than than we were, and that's you know one of the things that we talk a lot about is um, we really have to be careful with isolation because that can make us more depressed, and it can certainly uh, you know lead to other things. And if we can somehow stay more connected and and I talk a lot about that just how how do we stay connected especially when during a, a pandemic and like you mentioned we we can zoom we can write we can get involved in in you know different ways online classes and talking to people and just making sure that we're yeah intentionally staying connected with people, but it's definitely, you know, I've definitely seen an, an increase with, um, yeah, people and having, people being stressed out. yeah, stressed out and, and having relationship issues and, and, well, I think, I think one of the things that, especially for our, um, for a military and veteran population is that we in general, it's hard to connect with the civilian population. And so this sort of gives all of us an, like an opportunity to, um, to isolate. It's like, like the world is saying, Oh, here's a great opportunity to isolate. You've been practicing this for your whole life. And now we're saying, yeah, do it. Yeah. But what we don't realize is that though it's really easy to fall into that, it's very hard to get out of it and then to intentionally say, you know, I'm going to Zoom somebody every day or I'm going to FaceTime somebody every day so that there's some kind of, you know, like emotional connection with the people around us. You have to do it on purpose now instead of doing it, you know, accidentally, yeah. especially when you've been comfortable, you're comfortable isolating. Yeah, absolutely. And I have found, I, I know with myself, like when I was teleworking for a little bit, I really, it took me a while, but I really had to have a plan, you know, what, in planning out my days and be really, really intentional with um, 
just kind of how I was going to take care of myself. And, and when I did have downtime, uh, because the things that I, I would normally be able to do when I was off, uh, those things just weren't, weren't available. People weren't available, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's just, uh, yeah, it's just so different right now. Well, well, I even think it might be helpful for people to have a list, like since people, everybody seems to have a phone, they can even just keep a little list on their phone of all the people they can call when they're feeling down or um, mm -hmm. when they're feeling worse than usual. And um, maybe they could even have a list of um, a lot of activities that they enjoy doing that bring them joy and make them feel good. And they could just sort of go down that list when they start to feel down. I think yeah. what people who um, feel in despair don't have, what they don't have is a plan for getting out of despair, for coming out of that de depression spiral. And so I think having an action plan, just like at your job and on all the military duties that we have, we have checklists for everything. What if you have a checklist for getting out of despair, like, and then you have given yourself an action plan and you know, what you can do to get out of that space so that you aren't feeling hopeless anymore. Yeah, that's, that's an excellent idea. Uh, that reminds me of during COVID, um, the Department of Defense, they have some wonderful apps, uh, telehealth apps, and they came out with something called COVID Coach, and it's one of the best apps products that I've seen and it's it has everything from managing stress a mood check finding resources it's really fun to use actually um learning how to stay balanced staying together staying healthy staying well uh, I just really encourage people to to use that you can you know set goals on there and track your well-being and your mood or ptsd symptoms if you have ptsd um but it's just a, a really great tool to use but yes i agree i think it's it's uh, having a plan is, is super important especially since this has been pretty uh pretty pretty persistent <laughs> it definitely mm. has, has been long long lasting and yeah you know, um, like I mentioned before, I've, I've seen an increase in in a lot of relationship issues, and, and that's something that we're focusing on here at the one, 102nd. We're trying to send yeah. out some emails and different tools, different podcasts, different apps that people can use to help strengthen not just the romantic relationships or committed relationships, but just relationships in general, because that, you know, is a, a protective factor when it comes to our mental health and, and being resilient and, um, and, you know, Absolutely. in our mental health. So, uh, I don't know, what do you, in terms well, I, for relationships, I think if you sort of think about them, like you would like a bank account, you have to put, you have to keep making an investment into that account so that it stays out of the red. Right. And I think a lot of relationships in this current environment are operating in the red because they don't have, um, they can't as easily go out on a date or find a childcare or make time 
for each other because, um, you know, the boundaries between work and home are just so blurred. Like people are emailing at all hours of the night and day and they're just constantly on. So I think it's harder to connect again, like you have to have an intentional plan, but also if you think about it in terms of like, if, if your relationship were a bank account and you keep taking withdrawals, then there's, the little, the happy times aren't, aren't there. Like it's going to be tough. So if you can think of ways that you can sort of invest in that relationship to get out of the red, to make repairs when there is damage, because nobody's going to get it right all the time. There are going to be difficult times and there are going to be times when people feel less connected than they usually do. And that's normal in a cycle of relationships. But if the repair doesn't happen and the reconnection doesn't happen, then it just goes further and further down in the red. Yeah, exactly. So I think, yeah. So I, I think that people need to um, think about how they can repair and reconnect. Maybe they have a list of things that have worked in the past, or maybe they can just do even just a general Google search on how to connect with your partner might be helpful. You know, another thing that's great is that um, I think um, the uh, five love languages mm-hmm. would give people an idea of things they could use to reconnect with their partner. Because I think often in relationships, we spend a lot of time loving our partners the way we like to be loved, but our partners don't always hear that if that's not the language that they can hear in the way that they like to be cared about. So like, for example, if if your favorite thing is spending quality time, but your partner's favorite thing is getting a nice, um, having you do a nice thing for them, but you're constantly trying to spend time with them, but they want you to do this thing for them. Then it's, you're like getting this myth. So I think that if people like, I think that the five love languages has an online thing, people could take mm-hmm. that little quiz and just find out what their partner's love language is. And you could start investing just like that. Yeah, I always suggest that book, and uh, recently I sent an email, and with they also have an app. It's called the Love Nudge, uh, where it gives you some suggestions nice. to yeah help help strengthen that. Uh, but that is important to understand, yeah, what your partner's love language is, and and how to um, yeah how to to learn those, those differences and how to strengthen that. What would you say I, I, you have, do you have three, three children? I think you I said. have three kids. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> if you don't mind me asking a personal question, how did, how oh, did you sure. and your husband kind of navigate or how are you navigating that, you know, during COVID and being busy? Um, how did you guys sort of navigate that? Well, I'd like to say just piece of cake. Um, <laughs> But, you know, there are, I mean, I think in a similar way, there's tough times we communicate. Um, I'm not going to say it's, it's, I don't think in any relationship it's perfect. We have, we all have hard times. Sometimes, um, you know, counseling could be helpful. Um, And I think that's a a perfect way to um, improve on your relationship. Um, For me, I think, um, you know, we spend some time in the evening. We watch a movie together. And that's nice. Or, you know, just have a, um, have a drink together or, um, 
Yeah, those are some things that we yeah, have a conversation been. about something that's not related to the children. I think that can be good. Mm-hmm. I think, but but in more recent times, it's a lot harder because the kids are there all the time and they're not at school. Um, they're just now getting back into school in person in some places. In our town, um, our kids just started today. So yeah. I think um, some relief is <laughs> coming with that because now we can sort of spend um you know this is our time you can't we couldn't it wasn't really it was really hard to do before because you couldn't you can't exactly get a babysitter very easily and with the COVID times you know exactly so yeah it's it's important to well kind of like what we were talking about before with your relationships kind of having a plan making sure that you're scheduling some quality time making sure that you're communicating, making sure that you have conversations, some adult conversations that don't Definitely. always, you know, revolve around, you know, kid talk and the children and yeah. those kind of things. So you are connecting on on an adult level. Uh, yeah, because these are just such, again, different times and, you know, no one knows really how to navigate all of this. Yeah. So it is really... Um, learning as we go. One thing we did in the beginning of the pandemic was we had a little, um, a tent, a little tent in the backyard, like a little, like a screen tent. So we had, you know, pretended we had a date there. Oh, nice. <laughs> that was fun. Yeah. yeah. And doing some fun stuff. <laughs> that, that's also important. Yeah. Cause I can't imagine, yeah. yeah, going from having jobs and being out of the house every day to everyone being in the house. I mean, it's going to be hard. It's going to be a challenge. It's just, again, figuring out how you're going to work through those challenges and, and knowing that it's going to be really hard. And like you said earlier, um, making sure that you repair. Yeah. That is so important. Not just with your spouse, but with your children and all family members, really, is that the repair just makes so much difference um, because you're not going to get it right all the time. Mm-mm. Right. And that just gives you an opportunity to, to build it back up out of the red. Yeah, absolutely. And so before we wrap it up, I know we were going to um, maybe partner and do some other things together. Um Erin, our family and readiness person, had um, connected the two of us because I know you you work with some other folks and we talked about maybe doing some groups or some psychoeducational things together. Uh, And I will definitely check with some of our folks here to see what else they might be interested in. Of course, right now it's been hard to do in-person groups, but um, tell us some of the things that you might be able to do with us or you might be able to offer us. I am very flexible as far as like we could offer um, an informational meeting or um, some, uh, I have, we have a lot of students who are highly interested in, you know, providing a support structure in some way they would be interested in doing maybe another podcast even. Mm -hmm. Um, But one of the things we already have planned is we're going to be doing starting in October, a monthly um, Zoom group group. for some of the children and in the one second and their families. Um, and we already handed out some crafts to some of the kids already. 
Oh, nice. um, so that they could just show up and I already have all the materials, but we'll be reading them a book, um, called, um, invisible strings to talk about, even though your hearts aren't together when they're apart, you're still connected. So we'll be doing some, you know, different sort of, um, maybe kind of, kind of psychoeducational, but more just like on the kid's level to mm-hmm. sort of connect them with their feelings and understand that they aren't their feelings. Their feelings can change and that they're still connected even when they're apart. And I think there are a few other activities that we're going to do a helping hand as well. And then they'll put down, you know, things that about their loved one that's helpful. So Wonderful. I think that that's where we're, that's where we're headed in the next few months. Okay. So lots we are of, flexible. Yeah. <laughs> lots of flexibility and uh, lots of potential. It sounds like, I know I would definitely love to have some more discussions around, um, yeah, relationship building and, and anything around mental health, reducing stigma, um, building skills, coping skills, things like that, um, would be wonderful. And people are always open, open to that here. So we would love that. And I really appreciate your time and everything that you do. So thank you, Jenny. And we will put this on our social media site with Jenny's contact info. Uh, So if any of you would like to reach out to her, um, please do so. If you have any suggestions for us, please let us know. And thank you so much, Jenny, for being with us today. We really appreciate it. All right. Thank you so much for having me. It was a great great opportunity. Thanks so much. Yes, and we'll see you back, definitely. Okay, great. All right. Have a wonderful day. Bye-bye. Okay, bye.